0: P.K., we have been on a brief hiatus, I suppose. We have been. Um, that's mostly my fault, so I apologize. Oh, it's mine too. <laughs> apologize? Apologize, what? yes.
1: So. Well, I apologize over the sound of me eating goldfish. I don't know if you can hear that. That's
0: acceptable. But... That's just part of what we do here. I think we need it's just my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> just the, the a... lunch of champions just gnawing on goldfish for his that's entire God. meal. It's got
1: salt. It's got all that orange coloring. <laughs> it's got to be great. Got to be good for you.
0: It's fish. It must have protein in it, right? Right. And yeah, fish is really good for you. Yeah, I've been told. Lots of people say so. Um, <laughs> but so we are on a little hiatus because I was moving around a little bit uh, and just I don't know. We just didn't get didn't take the time to get hooked up. But that's all good. We are now returned here together. Um, and yeah, we're talking today about Minority Report.
1: Yeah. So a little backstory, it's kind of funny. Um, Paul had suggest PZPH, whatever, had suggested to me, um, earlier in the week, like, Hey, uh, want to do Minority Report for the podcast. And I had never heard of this movie before. So I was like, Oh, like a minor report, like a minor, like a small podcast. He must be busy. I'm like, sure. That sounds good. Sounds great. And then I was like, what do you want to do? And he was like, uh, Minority Report. And I was like, what? Then I learned it was a movie. <laughs> True story. True story, guys.
0: Yeah, like, you're like, what do you want to... Yeah, I thought it was funny. It's like, you want to do Minority Report? And you're like, sure, what do you want to do? And I'm like, um, excuse me? <laughs> the thing I just said. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, it's... I'm surprised you've never heard of this one before, honestly. Like, I, I can understand, like, not having seen it, because... I feel like it's not, like a lot of people I know have never seen this movie, but like uh, this is, you know, it's Steven Spielberg, it's Tom Cruise, so I I guess, I don't know, it's it's just a little surprising you never heard of it. Not saying it's bad, I just was amused yeah. that it had never come out uh, before. Um, on me,
1: I repent in dust and sackcloth.
0: Yeah, good, good. That's, I'm beating was, my chest. That was necessary, yes. Um, um, that was, I thought, I was... That was a really good movie i yeah. wasn't expecting it to be that good so yeah, yeah i like i really love this movie that's part of why i picked it out as like uh let's do this oh um, you like
1: you picked it out because you like it oh i know
0: i know it's a shame on me like i just i don't know i wanted to watch something good and like there's there's some good parts of this movie i'm not saying the whole movie is like a masterpiece but it's definitely like i really like it like i think it's a very cool yeah. movie and it has a lot of cool concepts, and it's very well made. I mean, it's Steven Spielberg, like he doesn't make that many bad movies. So no,
1: I'm always always like, I'm surprised at how many movies um, Spiel- Spielberg has actually made. Like you think Spielberg, and you're know, like, oh, you know, like uh, Jurassic Park and uh, uh,
0: Indiana Jones.
1: I Oh, yeah, 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 Indiana Jones. And like, there's all these other movies in addition to those. Like, like Everyone knows him for those main movies. Yeah. Um,
0: the man just makes a lot of movies, much like Tom Cruise. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> like, oh, it's a Tom Cruise movie. Oh, okay.
0: In this case, we have a... Well, it's a science fiction movie, first of all, which is cool because I feel like, particularly Spielberg, I don't think he's done much sci-fi. So this is sort of like, at least as far as I can picture in my head right now, like the biggest sort of sci-fi movie Spielberg's done, you could... Because, like, Jurassic Park, you could claim is sci-fi, but it's, like, set in the present. So it's, like, it's, like, sci-fi present. I don't know how to, like, describe that. Yeah, exactly. that is a weird. Um,
1: you've heard of uh, historical fiction. Now we have present fiction. Yes, contemporary <laughs> science fiction. Contemporary fiction, yeah. Um, Dino fiction.
0: Minority Report, for anyone who, like, doesn't know and is, for some reason, interested in hearing us talk about it, is, like, a near-future <laughs> sci-fi movie and it stars Tom Cruise... Directed by Spielberg, in which Tom Cruise is a detective in the D.C. area. That is Washington, D.C., the capital of the United States of America.
1: Which I guess that's significant because what movie takes place in D.C.?
0: I mean, there are others, but yeah, I feel like it is kind of fun because it's like there are so many movies that are like, yeah, it's New York and, you know, or here's L.A. or whatever. But like, yeah, I feel like D.C. is actually relatively neglected for some reason. Um I don't fully know why. I don't know if it's maybe because it's like probably more complicated to film in DC. I would assume as um, opposed to I feel yeah. like a lot of this movie probably isn't actually filmed in DC. So I don't know. Um, so Tom anyway. Cruise is a detective, but un- unlike most detectives that like you know a crime happens and they have to go to the crime scene and they figure try and figure out like what is the crime or like how was the crime done who did it. Um, Tom Cruise gets to stop crimes before they even happen dun 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 he's that cool yeah this is this this is before he
1: was um in the mission impossible team so yes he started he started out pre-crime then he just moved to post-crime it was more of his more of his thing really more
0: of his style yeah but and
1: this takes this takes place in 2054 or something
0: yes i believe you're right
1: 2054 um how did you feel about their portrayal of like the future? So this was made in two thousand three or something?
0: I think the movie came comes out in two thousand two. Two thousand two. Ju- okay. June seventeenth, two thousand two. That's the release date. I've got it here. Okay. Um, and I mean, you're you're shooting at that point fifty two years in the future. So it's like okay, a lot can happen in fifty two years. I was trying to think about it in terms of like okay, two thousand two to like. Uh, it would be 1950. It would be, you know, 50 years, 52 years before that. Like, mm-hmm. a lot changed. I mean, like, mm-hmm. some of the stuff does feel a little dramatic, but, like, some of the stuff is also, like, relatively good. Like, I like the apartment, like, his apartment. I like his, um, like, ho- I like the holographic stuff, how it's not yes, It's I not like that great. A lot. Like, I guess to so put it that way, like, it looks, and by not great, I mean, like, in the movie, it's great, but, like, it's not like magic. It's not like you don't see like an actual hologram like that just looks like a regular person like standing in the room. It's like it's almost like it's a screen. Like it's almost like it's still a flat image, but it's like coming out of the background towards you.
1: Like it's just like a, a glass background, right? And they just project things on the glass is what it looked like it was.
0: Yeah, almost. But weird. then like the images can also like come out of the screen a little bit and like it sort of warped oh, yes around yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Which is interesting. So it's like not, it's not bad in that sense. Like it's like, it's a cool technology, but, and I feel like it it feels a little more real and it feels like it's because there's like imperfections in it, like in the universe, it makes it feel a little more grounded versus just like we have magic holograms and we can just like have like it for all it would appear, like an actual person, just like standing in the room talking to Tom Cruise, like, no, that's, it's not that good. So I like that it has like its limitations to it. Um, Right. I feel like
1: the most unrealistic part of the future society was honestly the highways. The highways are pretty funny. (laughs) Because that was very, I mean, maybe if it's kind of practical, but that's super expensive. It's like you got cars on like, the cars are, you know, they're futuristic and it looks like they're on some kind of like, like automated, like they're not actually driving. They're just being brought one place to another. They're all like
0: self-driving cars, which I mean, that's cool. But like, yeah, they're custom. Like also it's funny because this world apparently has like two different sets of cars Yes. (laughs) Yes <laughs> because like if you think about it you've got like the future crazy cars I mean they're all like futuristic but like you've got like the the cars that yeah are like the self-driving cars that they like go sideways and they can like go mm-hmm. up these like vertical interstates and
1: That's the thing. Stuff. The interstates are like horizontal like vertical like the highway system we already have is like Uber, probably too expensive honestly for the economy to afford but And it's and like,
0: they have to like completely overhaul it again I guess to build this like yeah massive crazy interstate system that like yeah. has all these custom vehicles that would totally it would totally make all of like existing cars obsolete like there would have to be a hard change at some point where it's like okay like you can't use old cars on the road anymore because they, they... did
1: mention they did mention um lexus like one of the vehicles had like a lexus yes. logo on it so it was like okay
0: <laughs> product
1: i guess placement. lexus lexus guys in the 2054 lexus lexus is the company that buys out all the other car companies
0: yeah it's actually like it's a, a mega monopoly they, one car company comes up with the idea for these like self-driving car pods And then Mm -hmm. they, like, have so much money that they, like, can fund the construction of the road product. And then everyone can only buy their cars because none of the other cars work on the new road. It's like, well, sorry, guys.
1: Yeah. And somehow all the Americans decide to give up their trucks and sports vehicles.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The only way I can look at it is maybe this is, like, in the city. This is basically some sort of almost mass transit system. Because the thing is, we still see more regular cars. Cause there's like a scene where Tom Cruise is running and like the FBI guys pull up and like, it's a future looking car, but it's like someone's still driving it and it's clearly not compatible or at least it doesn't seem like it would be compatible with like the crazy interstate like multi-lane and verticality rails. So like that. No. And then also Tom Cruise is driving like a different car at one point to go out into the countryside And that car also doesn't seem like it would work on the interstate system thingy. So Mm. I think maybe this is some sort of like mass transit system that like when you're in the city, like that this is the way you get around is everyone has their own little pod that's like, you know, powered by maybe it's even like like an electric train system where like the road's powering the car or something. And like Which makes
1: most sense if it was like a metropolis kind of metro metropolis, metropolitan. Um, like large city phenomenon this kind of highway
0: yeah so it's it's a cool like, it's like a cool thing i feel like it doesn't even it doesn't actually get used all that much like there's used for like one sort of action scene where tom cruise is like jumping from yeah. car to car and mm-hmm. also i guess just to show like the level of control in the future because like tom cruise is like at one point running and he's like so he's like riding in his little pod and like they just take it over you know remotely like they can just do that yeah. um, the government does and so like you know it, it's like I feel like that's another big thing in this movie is just like showing like just the reach of this like future law enforcement and how it seems like there are no limits on it and there's, there's a lot of discussion that goes into that um, this is basically the premises. There's these precogs. There's these people that can see the future. Specifically, they see murder. In and there's the future. three of them. There's three of them, and they're all wired up in the police HQ. And so, like before a murder happens, they'll get like flashes of like the murder scene. And so they're like, you you'll see like okay, you know, there's this, there's that. What's funny is the actual, like, projections that they see, like, from coming from their minds, they're, like, like I said, they're just, like, flashes. So you'll see, like, okay, there's a man walking into a room or, okay, he's holding scissors or whatever. Yeah, um, you
1: know, I wonder how they filmed that, because that was actually a pretty, I feel like, I don't know, a pretty creative way to represent, like, seeing someone's memory.
0: Yeah, it's, it's neat. I'm assuming it's just a lot of, like, filters and stuff like yeah. that. But the, um so you're just catching flashes but also i find it amusing that um the victim's name and the murderer's name they're just they're just known right away like they have to like carefully pick through the scene like to find where it's gonna happen and everything but like the uh the actual murderer like they're the ones like their name just gets like dropped like they have these balls, these wooden balls.
1: That's the funny. That's the funniest part of this movie to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's that whole system. I'm like, okay. Future. Explain Makes it. fun of. I do the... have? Ex- oh, do they?
0: Yeah, there's a great episode where Fry becomes a <laughs> cop, and <laughs> it's it's basically like Minority Report, where there's like a there's like some sort of half robot, half biological like thing mm-hmm. that like sits in a pool and like you know senses crimes in the future but instead of uh so instead of having like the balls get carved with the suspect's name in them and like dropping down like oh this is the suspect it's like balls like plunk and like float up to the surface of the pool and they like have to pick it out with a net it's yeah <laughs> wow uh, i love how yeah. Yeah, they're explaining to him like oh like this is our advanced crime you know precognition unit like we call them pickles And Fry's like, on account of how it looks like he's floating in a jar, and they're like, exactly.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh man, that has some Futurama has some great moments. It is, Um, yeah. But but in the movie, uh, they, so I guess, the precognitives, just because they have future abilities, because we we found out later they were on like they were like orphans that were on, drugs. They're trying to be treated. It's, it's actually, there's lots of explanation in this movie, which I appreciated. Like, there were kind of weird things that were happening, and there would be an explanation for it. Even though the explanation would be a little weird.
0: Um, yeah, and the explanation, they'd, like, it wouldn't necessarily go into super, like, detail, but it's just, like, it's not like they were trying to, like, explain scientifically. Like, well, the drug interacts with the whatever, and that's what causes it. Yeah. Like, no, just this, this weird drug, and, like, yeah. the junkies with, who were pregnant while they were on this drug, like, their children have this weird gift. It's like, cool, done. Yeah. Like, not going to explain anymore, well, it anymore. It, that's it was like,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't sure if the, the drug that the mother was on gave them the gift or if the treatment that the children got after they were born to make sure they lived gave them the gift. Yeah. Uh, but, the point, but the point was, it was related to this new drug called Narrowin, I think, which oddly sounds like hmm. co- cocaine. I mean, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, I'll think of the drug name later. It it's called Narrowin. It's
0: Steven Spielberg, like, hanging out with George Lucas and they're, they're like what are we going to call this new drug and like well <laughs> what's a real drug heroin what if we just say narrowin <laughs> like we, well, what's... honestly how our society is developing like if there
1: was another drug that was like as addictive as a like, heroin like a brand new drug in the market someone might coin the term narrowin like
0: mm-hmm. i feel like that's
1: actually kind of believable like someone could like hashtag #narrowin and then it becomes its name I don't
0: know. Sure. And then Tom Cruise is also a drug addict in this movie. He takes a drug yeah. called Clarity, which I feel like it's, it's never fully like explained what it does, but like it does seem to get him high. It seems to almost like affect his memory a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he seems to enjoy taking it. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. Which takes us to, I guess we can move on to um, the development of, what's even his name? Tom Cruise. Anderton is his last name. Right? Yeah. It's is it Anderson.
0: John? I think it's John.
1: Yeah, Um, so like, what did you think of his like development and his like motivation?
0: I Um, I think it's perfectly good for what it is, which is like, okay, John Anderton is a cop. He stops future crime, and he's like one. He's pretty bought into the system. Um, but then, like, we find out like, why does you know why is he like such a firm believer in this? And it's because his son was like abducted and presumably killed. Uh, before the system came online. And so, you know, he's... I think that's why he's dedicated to this idea, because he's like, I need to stop things like that from happening. So, I mean, it works. Like, it's like a quick and easy way to just be like, why is this guy, you know, so into this? And it's like, well, because he had this tragic event happen in his life, and he looks at this as like, this can solve that from ever happening. So I'm fine with the way they did it. Um, Yeah.
1: He did pretty well rounded character he actually has a nice arc too um by that because by the end of the movie he he gets to make a decision of his own free will and the movie wrestles with you know you can know things that happen in the future but if you know the future it means you can choose something different
0: yeah i like their little discussion where so the one of the things that's happening in the movie is that this uh experiment in pre-crime has only Mm -hmm. been only been happening like in the dc area And, like, there's this thing about, like, whether they should take it nationwide and, like, all of America will be, you know, able to be, like, seen by the precogs somehow. And, you know, they'll be able to stop crime before it ever happens just all across the country.
1: Right, because it's only in D.C. that pre-crime. It's like an individual. It's like a – it's not even the police. It's just like a company that's using the three individuals um, to stop crime. And they're trying to make it go nationwide. And there's a whole political debacle behind that
0: yeah and and the um like the so the like department of justice sends like a dude down to kind of like see the program before they are before this big decision is going to happen and he's like sort of arguing with tom cruise a little bit we find out he actually really likes the program too but he's like i guess playing devil's advocate a little bit or something and so he's basically like hey uh these guys we have arrested which that's like the funniest part of the movie to me or the I guess it just shows like the authoritarianness of like this future U.S. government is like yeah th- when they arrest these people they're not just like in jail they like go to some weird holding facility where it seems like they're all in stasis yes like
1: and they talk about them like they're dead but they're n- I-, I didn't realize this to the end of the movie like none of them have <laughs> actually died
0: yeah um, they're all just ca- like in yeah. this weird holding facility and it's very strange because it's like are they. What, like what are they you know what I mean like what are they sentenced to like how does this work yeah. like do they get out after a certain amount of time like what are they experiencing in here what if
1: like an EMP attack happens or, or like they all just die the power yeah, they yeah. all just die or they all go back I mean I guess if there's an EMP attack all the prisoners the crazy
0: will, guy who's like tremendous. the warden of them like who plays the piano is like uh, he like accidentally hits the wrong switch when he's turning the lights off and just everyone dies <laughs> um, <laughs> but oh my gosh just a thousand people what else um, was
1: he from i'm trying to think
0: was he from an indiana jones movie that actor a lot of stuff i can't remember everything right now but um oh the what, what was i saying so okay so yeah i like the demonstration oh, though where the fbi guy's like hey like these guys have committed no crimes though like this is all in advance it's like no oh, like tom cruise is like but they were going to commit the crimes and he's like yeah but they haven't yet and he's kind of like well what's the difference and he like rolls the ball across the desk thing yep. to him and the that FBI guy having. catches it and he's like why do you catch that he's like well because it would have fallen like how do you know that like it's the same thing of like knowing something's gonna happen you know versus like did it actually happen you know what I mean like yeah the yeah. FBI guy acted to change a known outcome that's sort of how Tom Cruise views his work Mm-hmm. So that's apparently how he's, you know, settled with this idea. Um Yeah, so I mean, I like that little I like the little things like that in this movie. There's like the little demonstration. Um, I, I like
1: I just had this thought right now, real quick. A very less expensive way you could prevent that crime is just by telling the people. oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then that way the guy would the person being killed would be like you know, not in the place he or she is supposed to be killed. I guess the guy would still be out there. So maybe that's an issue.
0: Yeah, but. or like why it is funny, like that's the bit the punishment part of this is one of the funniest parts is like why don't they just go and like, all right, we need to take this person and go to counseling or whatever. Especially the oh, crimes yeah. of passion one. Like crimes of passion yeah. in real life are complicated because again they're crimes of passion. So a lot of times they're things like if the person had an extra hour or two to think about it, they actually might not have done it. But it's just like they have this strong passion. They were in the right place at the right time. And so it happens. It's kind of like the first attempted murder we see in the movie where the guy catches his wife like cheating and Mm -hmm. he's about to kill both her and the guy that she's cheating with. And it's like, well, okay, like, yeah, he's got obviously like emotions are high. But if he had another few hours to process that, like instead of just being confronted with it right there he might like obviously like he'd be very upset but like he'd probably just like all right i need to talk to a lawyer or something you know like he probably wouldn't kill them necessarily yeah so
1: yeah like right away from when the movie started off like the concepts that this movie deals with is actually they're pretty they're pretty deep and they do it in a pretty creative the movie does it in a pretty creative way or i should say spielberg does but um from like the first scene that we see it really kind of like Um, it feels like the whole movie is really going to be wrestling with this idea of like who really is the bad guy um the movie ultimately doesn't really go in that direction like wrestling with it but because like the guy you you relate to the guy who's about to commit the crime because like you know his wife is like cheating on him with like minutes after he leaves the house for work um and so you kind of like you know well who is right and who is wrong and you know how do you deal that out um It's just interesting because the movie really does kind of take these things on. Um, And then by the end of the movie, you see uh, Tom Cruise, John Enderton, um, realizes the importance of giving someone a choice um, for the the crime they're about to commit. Um, So that's kind of like a nice rounded way to the movie kind of ends. I mean, it doesn't end with that, but by the end of the movie, you see the importance of choice in it. Um, which is
0: kind of cool He, Yeah he changes his mind He kind of goes from being like a determinist To being like yeah. you know what people can change You just have to give them the opportunity to Yeah um, There's which would, Yeah That's like probably the best scene in this movie For me is the scene in which Tom Cruise Confronts the man Who is set up to look like The murderer of Tom Cruise's son mm-hmm. To me that's the best scene in the movie because so basically what happens is Tom Cruise, he gets accused of future murder. Um, even, you know, he's working in the department and all of a sudden, like the balls drop mm-hmm. <laughs> and it shows his name and like the oh, guy man. he's supposed to kill's name. And then like, there's the visions and, you know, it's Tom Cruise shooting this guy in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And so Tom Cruise runs away. Cause he's like, I'm being framed. I'm being set up. I don't even know this man. How would I kill him? and through a series of events i love that like tom cruise is like trying to find this guy to prove his innocence where i feel like if he was really trying to prove his innocence or like just trying to maybe like undermine something like i don't know just get away like yeah I feel right, like he would just away. run just like run as far as you can like away from this like go hide like go get a boat and sail out in the middle of the ocean or something and be like see it was wrong um but the uh so tom cruise he he uh, makes a run for it, but he's he's got he's trying to find this man that he's supposed to kill because he wants to like figure out how he's being set up to like you know how was the how is this trick accomplished that like I wouldn't actually murder this man, um, and so he eventually through a series of events ends up actually finding him. He abducts one of the precogs along the way, um, gets to the apartment, and he's in the apartment before the uh, actual guy is and he sees like on the bed just like dozens and dozens or like hundreds of like photos of like children including some of his son and it's like oh like this is why you know tom cruise would kill this man without ever that one coming met him before yeah and it's like this it's a great scene it does have the most unnecessary line of dialogue in the film which is when tom cruise is like you know i ever since he died i've thought about like what i would do to the man that would that killed him and it's like you don't have to say that out loud we all know like tom cruise didn't need to have that line of dialogue (laughs) it's really funny because like i feel like the movie's done a good job of showing us up to this point that tom cruise is not over the death of his son through the drugs through him like watching the memories and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, But for some reason, then it feels the need to, like, drive it in more with having Tom Cruise give this, like, weirdly out-of-place line while he's in this apartment. But then, uh, anyway, so the man walks in, and Tom Cruise is, you know, he's gonna shoot him, and Agatha, the precog, is like, no, like, don't do it, like, don't do it. You can you don't have to do this. And he's like, no, like, I... I know. I I know this is what I do because like it's already been seen, and then he's pointing his gun at him. It's like exactly the same way it looks in the precog, but they also know the exact time it's supposed to happen somehow. That was and so, the one thing that was off. Yeah. So the watch, his watch was like set for like when the crime was supposed to happen because he set it back in the police station, and mm-hmm. the timer goes off and he still hasn't shot the other guy yet, and that's when it's kind of like okay, like well that's when you know you know Tom Cruise can change and people can change they don't have to follow the exact chain of events that they've seen yeah and uh I guess like the peak of the movie for me is right then because then Tom Cruise is like you know tearfully he's like basically sobbing because he desperately wants to kill this man and like if he had killed this man in that moment like believing him to be his son's murderer believing him to have done horrible horrible things like it would have been like totally like would have been over yeah and it would have been like you couldn't fault him for doing it almost like yeah it would have been technically illegal because he's not an active threat to him at that exact moment but like yeah like who wouldn't want to kill like this pedophile murderer basically like this guy's a bad person like he's a very bad Mm -hmm. person and Mm -hmm. It makes sense that Tom Cruise wants to kill him. And so he doesn't though. And instead he's like tearfully starts to read him his rights. And that to me is the best moment in the whole movie is the like, you know, you have the right to remain silent and you know, you have, you know, anything you say can be held against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. And he's again, he's like crying as he's saying this to the guy. And to me, that's the most powerful moment in the movie is like, because that's when he's choosing to do Like, he's choosing to uphold his duty and choosing to be, like, the better person in, like, the worst imaginable situation. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's, like, the peak of Tom Cruise's character of just choosing to be good. And that's why I love that moment so much. Um,
1: that's, that's really a heroic moment because we all need to see – we need movies and stories that show us characters like that.
0: Yeah. Um, but then, of course, it's immediately revealed – this guy and I love that he just immediately like spills the beans to this yes. guy. Like that's the other part that's maybe a little unrealistic, but then he's like, "Oh, well, you're I think not- it's, still
1: unexpected. it's so unexpected." That's true. That's true. That is just in shock. You're like, "What? What? what?
0: Yeah, it's revealed this guy isn't actually uh, Tom Cruise's son's murderer. He's just been paid to like be set up like this um, because he's supposed to get killed by Tom Cruise, um, and then his family's gonna get the money, like." He was just some
1: Joe Schmo criminal that yes. someone came and offered him money um, to say, hey, if you let yourself be killed by this guy, all this money goes to your family.
0: Yeah. So, like, it's realized this was a setup. And then he kind of grabs at Tom Cruise's gun. And Tom Cruise, like, I don't think it's, I don't even know if it's Tom Cruise, but like, basically, the gunshots accidentally fired, like, after they have their little exchange and he falls out the window kind of in almost the exact same way that it looks like from the precog vision yep um, and even
1: he even says goodbye um whatever his name was something crow was it John? no was it I forget what his first name was but Leo he says, like, Crow? Or something? Le- yeah Leo Crow he's like, like goodbye um, goodbye crow or whatever which is exactly what we saw in the precog vision Yeah, and that's another really cool thing about this movie is like if anyone has seen Vantage Point Well, I don't know if it's like vantage point, but there's lots of like, you know, you know, a lots of, you know, lots of things up front, but you don't understand how they all connect and you don't see how they all connect until you're right up there in the moment um, of the movie. And you see, you see the, the shot, the shots and the scenes coming together exactly like you saw in like the, you could call it prophecy, whatever from the precog. Um, And one of the, the scenes was he says, goodbye, Crow. And then he shoots him and he falls out the window. But in, in the moment, (laughs) <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise was saying, goodbye, Crow. Like, I'm not going to shoot you. Like, I'm walking away. Like, I'm just done with this. Goodbye. And then the guy grabs the gun out of his hand and, like, in that scuffle ends up shooting himself. Or someone shoots the, the criminal guy and he falls through the window. And then, of course, Tom Cruise is framed. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, um. What I really... I, don't, I really liked this movie because... Uh, just real quickly. Because...
0: I've just talked for like, I just talked for like 20 minutes. So you're welcome to take (laughs) us. No,
1: no. Um, I love movies that have at least like two climaxes, like a false climax. And then another one. I just love that so much. the, the, The aha moment where something's about to happen. You can't see anything beyond this one moment. And then you get to that moment and then you find out there was like a lot more behind it you're like whoa it's that I don't know it's such a surprise and a fresh it's a kind of refreshing thing to see in any kind of story like there's there's depth to it and so that really felt like it was the climax of the whole movie and um it was at that point in the movie I think I don't, how long was this movie I feel like it was this longer like a
0: two and a half hour movie yeah
1: so by the time that moment happens you know if you can't stop the movie pause the movie and see the little cursor and see how far you are through the, the film I mean that really feels like the end of the movie yeah um and all of a sudden the bomb is dropped and it's like i'm just an actor and someone hired me and there's still more to it and you're like what i just love the movies that have that second and then there's like an, you could argue another climax after it it's definitely not as powerful as that first climax where he decides not to shoot him
0: and they do plant the like seeds of that beforehand because they because agatha the one precog is basically that's revealed the concept of a minority report which is that Normally, okay. Yeah. This is why the, the movie is called this. <laughs> yep, normally, the precogs all see the same thing, but every once in a while, one of them sees something different, and like you know, the murder happens in a different way, or whatever the case may be. But as a result of this, like it, it adds some level of fallibility to the system that like the operator of the systems maybe don't want to admit to, and so this is always like covered up whenever it happens it's just like whatever the report was that the other two saw Like that's the one that they go with but the yeah. minority report's always just deleted like they don't want people right. to realize that there could actually be a difference like they want people to believe that like no fate is sealed and like we can go and arrest these people and there's no chance that they would have done something differently like they are guilty that's essentially right. what the, the problem with having like that minority report is and um, the minority
1: report was a very, like, subtle thing because they would go to arrest the people with the two, like, let's say two of the cognitives uh, saw this one reality and the other one didn't. Well, they go to that reality that the two saw and, like, it was as um, the Emperor Palpatine would be very proud. It was as they had foreseen it. Um, but the the minority report is, like, there is a slightly alternative twist. or There's something to it that makes it possibly different. So, like, there could be a chance this person would not be guilty oh, this might actually be a different murder that looks exactly like it. Um, but yeah, all that, that that minority report is written off. And they call it like, some of the cases they call it like an echo. They said, well, they're just like, oh, that's just that's just like deja vu for the... Yeah, the they're, just, they're
0: just seeing the same murder twice. It's fine.
1: Yeah, um, and that's the flaw in the system that potentially has cost um, not all the lives of the people that were, were arrested, but like a lot of them. Yeah. Or, or at least some of them at least some because the majority of the time they are stopping real crimes
0: yes yeah, so it makes it more possible that like some of those crimes that they were arresting people for might not have happened um, there's a good chance that they would have happened but like maybe the actual timeline could have unraveled differently so yeah
1: and that just speaks to how this movie is so like nuanced like there really is a lot of different pieces that come together Yeah. Um, a lot of mystery that builds up, and there's lots of like moments that aren't absolutely necessary, but just help the movie. I feel like, like right before um, John Anderton, Tom Cruise um, realizes he sees he's trying to solve the. They have another like vision coming in, so he's like right there to see it. Right, he sees he's the murderer, and he gets his little red ball that says he's a. Um, I, was it a red ball or was it just a regular one? Was it a Crime of Passion?
0: Uh, no, it's not a red ball because the red balls, I think, are yeah. I thought well, that's, that's interesting. He's like, like a it was. Pre- It was a yeah. That's what's funny is it is crime of passion. So that's actually maybe like a little bit of a flaw in the logic of the movie because Tom Cruise wouldn't have known he was gonna murder him until you know just minutes before. But in the for some reason it comes up as if it's a premeditated crime.
1: Yeah. So premeditated crimes can be stopped like days in advance. Um, The the precognitives they can see that up to like four days in advance if it's like a really planned out thing. Um, But if it's uh if it's a crime of passion where well, you decide to kill someone in like an instant then they they only get that within like the 20, 24 hours um, yeah, which or is or still like, the one if, that, like a the one that happens or like 15 in the beginning minutes the movies,
0: or i think like they have like about an hour from the time yeah. that they get it to the time that they're uh actually gonna have to stop the murder which yeah. again Futurama trauma makes fun of when they're like oh there's a murder it's gonna happen and like at like this time it's like oh darn we can only chill out for like an hour and a half before we have to go out and stop them
1: (laughs) (laughs) smoking like a a true employee um (laughs) wanting their break time but well i don't remember what i was saying
0: (laughs) the crime of passion i don't know
1: yeah the kind of passion um so, he, yeah, yeah, he gets his ball. And then, yeah, the little moments that the movie didn't really need, but I feel like added to it. Um, so he realizes that he's the murderer, and he's, like, just in shock. Like, I would never kill someone. Why is this happening? Um, and then, so he, he kind of shuts off. Like, he closes the door. Apparently, there was a, there's, like, a panel online that observes the directors as they, like, like the, the, the detective, as he, like, figures out who did the crime so that way there's like accountability so he turns all the screens off so no one's watching him so no one can see that it's him which is already kind of suspicious mm-hmm. but um and then once he figures out that it's him and he's kind of had his you know the music climaxes and he has his little like moment he looks down he sees that because the the detective room is connected to where the the cognitives are um and there's a guy in the room with the cognitives like in a pool all connected to these wires right and um he like take takes care of them this this guy down there and so he's He's watching through the glass what Tom Cruise is seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he sees Tom Cruise, and they have this moment where they, they both realize that they both know. Um, and they just kind of look at each other, and he goes, like, I really like you, John, so I'm going to give you two minutes before I sound the alarm. Because like, they were both shocked that he would kill someone. Mm-hmm. Um, like, he, they didn't, The movie the movie didn't really need to do that. He, he could have just... I bust love the it out scene.
0: I also love the scene immediately after that, where uh-huh. That's in the my elevator, where yep. I think John <laughs> yep. thinks he's already been had by the FBI guy. the FBI guy's got him for something else. He's got him for the drug use, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you're yeah. going down." And John's like, "Oh, th- I think he thinks it's like a much more serious, you know? Uh, yes. They're gonna, he's gonna arrest me for the future murder or whatever." Uh, and so John actually like pulls his gun out of his holster and like holds it underneath the FBI guy's chin, and I love the FBI guy's actually like totally calm calm. and he's like, I don't hear a red ball, John. Like we both know you're bluffing, but then like the alarm goes off and all of a sudden he's like, Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're in the elevator. He's like, yeah, what are you going to do? Shoot me. I
1: don't hear a red ball dropping. And then the alarm goes off and like, no one says anything. But they just both kind of—he just kind of figures out instantly that oh, he maybe is gonna kill someone, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and maybe I'm the guy, and his yeah. face just, <laughs> just totally changes to like oh shoot. <laughs> 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 That's a great moment. Yeah. Um, which I also noticed that character like so like half an hour into the movie, there wasn't really an obvious villain, but I was very interested in the movie. I was very intrigued, and that that was a huge plus for me. And you kind of think it's that FBI agent guy at first because he's a typical very annoying hotshot agent that wants to take over like every every agent movie I feel like has that that character in it Um, the guy that comes in doesn't really know what he's doing but it's trying to take over Mm -hmm. Um, and so he's kind of like the bad guy for um, most of the movie
0: he's set up to be the opposition
1: yeah he's the opposition because he's trying to do a good thing like he's trying to uh, he thinks the truth is that John Anderton is going to kill Leo Crow you know Tom Cruise is going to kill someone um, but that's not really, but that's not the case. Um, and so you kind of, he's not really like a super bad guy, but he is. Kinda, he's definitely annoying. <laughs> um,
0: and it makes it seem serves. like he wants, he wants the program for himself. So yeah, yeah, he wants to, yeah, steal, he does. He he wants does. to steal Tom Cruise's job. And so. there was,
1: there was one moment that I thought was hilarious. Um, the, there's a scene where, so Tom Cruise is on the run, believe it or not, Tom Cruise running. <laughs> and, um, the, the FBI hotshot guy is following him, and they, they fall into, like, a car factory. And I kid you not, like, it was just so weird to me because John Williams did the music to this movie. And uh, it was just, like, hearing John Williams to, uh, score a, a scene where two people are fighting on, like, a conveyor belt in a, a factory just, like, screams Star Wars to me.
0: <laughs> well, and it's funny because it comes out – this movie came out the same year as Attack of the did Clones. It? Yeah. Did it really? <laughs> yeah. So I, I do find that really funny that like
1: wow he well then I applaud John Williams because he managed to create two different scores like almost filling the exact same scene but like they definitely sound different but like thematically you know but at the same time it's just like okay Spielberg and George Lucas I guess they were working together or something because it would have been funny so like, like, it's like refining... the
0: same it's the same set like they go into the it's room like... and it's just <laughs> yes. genosus. Yes. like a bug the joint factory and attack of clones
1: with anakin and padme they have like and police this... droids
0: it's just battle droids but with like blue yeah. and red lights on yeah. their head yeah
1: <laughs> and there's, there's literally like giant robots like stamping on top of them in this fight sequence like and, and he gets he uh, tom cruise gets stuck in a vehicle and the other guy escapes um, man, Tom Cruise can really hold his own. I gotta say. um But as soon as he he got he, so he gets like trapped in a car. I do love that. Factory. Yeah, the car
0: gets like assembled around him, and then he uses yes. the car to escape. And yes, just drives well, like, away. <laughs> well, like,
1: well, the the, the bad guy or oh, the FBI people think they they got him because like okay, he's he's trapped in this car. It's just built, and uh it's coming off the line, and then it gets and then and then it gets spray painted sports car red i'm like oh he's totally <laughs> not not gonna drive that <laughs> car off <laughs> that's exactly what he, he just plops off the line and voom, takes off.
0: Away.
1: so and i guess those things can drive on their own i
0: also like the uh, sonic uh shotgun thingy in the movie that was that was
1: really cool i wish they used that more honestly yeah
0: and i like how it's set up where we see a bad guy use it so we like know how it works then tom cruise picks it up and then he uses it to, you know, kind of get out of a situation.
1: He whips that thing around, man. He's no joke.
0: Yeah, I love the reload on it, how it's like you spin it. Like, I, I don't know yeah. what the logic is, what's really happening there, but, like, it's cool. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> he
1: takes he takes on, like, eight police officers with jetpacks, and he doesn't even have one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love um, how he is just, like, he's the ultimate action hero, man. But He
1: does it kind of believably
0: yeah like like he just um, knows how everyone he knows how everyone operates because he's like the chief of police like he knows he knows how all these guys do their job like
1: yeah um, and then no one really wants to hurt each other because they all know because they feel like they have to turn in their boss the guy's hunting him down and so they're kind of like trying not to be like unnecessarily brutal you know what i mean like 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 come on john like just just you know surrender or whatever and so they're, they're kind of maybe pulling their punches a little bit which kind of helps him get away but still
0: yeah yeah but uh yeah overall what's what's interesting is i guess like if we're gonna get into like closing thoughts here yeah um and we've managed to not actually spoil the ending of the movie which i kind of appreciate uh we've because we've hit we've discussed a lot of the cool points on it uh, about the movie but yeah i mean we might as well almost at this point just leave the ending intact for anyone who does want to watch it maybe if you haven't they all die yeah the, the nuke goes off and everyone dies um, china attacks <laughs> the for the precogs is like the the vision is just a fireball i'm confused <laughs> <laughs> um that
1: needs to be an ending oh my gosh it's like like any movie about anything and then it ends with like china invading <laughs> everyone
0: dies They combine they they also build a time machine and then they combine the precog's mental ability with the time machine to create Edge of Tomorrow so they can predict the future and then reset the day to Edge of
1: Tomorrow War with Velociraptors.
0: Um but so what's interesting this movie is released in like on june seventeenth, two thousand two. And it's really weird how well it's tied in with current events at the time. So it's weird because the movie wraps in July of 2001. Um, and then in September of 2001, as we all know, uh, 9 11 happens, um, wow. tragic event, obviously, um, not enough said there. Cause that's not really, I mean, that's not really like the thing we're talking about because, it, but in the aftermath of 9 11 by October, uh, the Patriot act is passed. And the Patriot oh, Act yeah. lets the government spy on everyone in the country to hopefully stop future terrorist attacks before they happen. Um so Dang. it's weird how this movie like I don't know how much they could have tweaked in editing, like if the movie's trying to maybe show that if if it's just coincidence that that's like the sort of the theme of the movie. They're like, hey, maybe, like, trying to predict everyone's actions before they happen on spying on everyone all the time isn't the greatest. And having, like, a security state where we can just, like, send little spider drones into people's apartments. Yeah, those are intense. Yeah. Like, I love how casually it's shown, too, that, like, they send all these little spider drones into the apartment to, like, scan for people when they're looking for Don. And, like, they just, like, there's no warrants. They just, like, drop them into the apartment. They, like scoot underneath of doors and they like jump up on people and like give them retina scans like yeah and, like people are like the kids are freaked out but then there's like adults there's like then apparently this is like not an uncommon thing because like there's two adults that are like fighting they're having like an argument yeah. and like the spiders jump up on them and they just like stop they're like pause and they're like good like clear like not the guy we're looking for they jump away and they just immediately go right back to their argument like it's not even like it's so casual you know what i mean there's like oh we just gotta take a pause for a minute because we gotta get the spider right i scan they're not like freaking out like what the heck some government drones just broke into our apartment and scanned our ids it's like no this is just a thing that happens like yeah and like the um like I, one of the one of the ads
1: that's playing in the movie says um it's like no uh vote for pre-crime whatever to ensure uh to ensure that which keeps us safe will also keep us free. Yes. And it's a cool <laughs> dichotomy of like safety and freedom. Like you can't perfectly have both at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I was like, but they're insisting that like there's their freedom is safe, which is again, kind of eerily like the Patriot Act. Like if you want to be safe to protect our freedom, we're going to take away freedom.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> we're going to um, all have freedom as long as, you know, the government just gets to like know everything that's happening all the time right so yeah it's just Um, it's interesting how coincidentally this movie was being made before that happened i mean obviously like the idea of like an orwellian society existed before then because you know the idea has been around a long time but like it's just funny how coincidental the release and production of this movie happens to be with real events in u.s like department of justice happenings that you know corresponded with it
1: so, yeah, that so. is. I don't know. Maybe that just contributes to the, in some weird way, to the quality of the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just like seems like it was out of the director's hands that this happened, but still.
0: Or um, was it? New 9 oh, 11 conspiracy <laughs> theory. <laughs> Spielberg Ever? knew this it, was gonna happen. Everyone's oh everyone's saying that Bush did 9/11, but what if Steven Spielberg did 9/11? Well,
1: honestly, technically, uh, if you uh, they talk about this in um, that documentary. What was it called? Turning Point, where the FBI was aware of the. This is completely tangent, but like they were aware of the the terrorists in the country,
0: yeah. That they're
1: they're planning to do something with, um, the planes.
0: Well, I think it was uh, the CIA knew something about, about uh, yeah, al they communicate. Yeah, wanted to do something with planes, and then the FBI knew about these guys like in the country or something like that, but like no one was talking to each other.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah.
1: And then Spielberg found out.
0: Yeah. And then he started making to this capitalize movie on it in advance instead of instead of reporting it to the authorities. Um, yeah, that's definitely what happened. So I think Tom Clancy wrote something about terrorists using planes pre 9-11 too. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. And then, yeah, anyway, sorry. That's like a whole separate discussion. Um, But yeah, 9-11's anniversary just happened uh, shortly before us recording this. So I think that might be why it's a little bit on the mind, the 20th anniversary but yeah yeah Um, but anyway Minority Report good movie interesting comments about sort of a police state and determinism versus free will and just uh, it's a well made film there's a lot of nice stuff in it there is thumbs up thumbs up